Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This was not a debate. This was a disaster, and it was a, it was a firebombing of our democracy. If if uh, Bob Bob Woodward said that the president is assassinating the presidency, well, the president firebombed the debate process, and the debate commission and the moderator allowed it. This was preventable preventable. It was preventable in real time, and nothing was done. Why in the hell should he get back on stage with that fool next to him? Every second, spouting out disinformation, yelling over people, and having a moderator obsequiously try and stop him but do nothing, not use the tools around him to make this a real debate where they talked about actual facts. That didn't happen. It was 90 minutes of, quite frankly, a, a disgrace for our country, an embarrassment, and Caddy Kay, the world was watching. Mika, 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 Mika. Got a blood pressure. She's triggered. I just got to say before I talk about bringing in the show is, Mika, what Joe Biden was asked direct questions. Walk me through the details. You said you wanted details. You wanted policy. You wanted nuance. Where was Joe Biden when he had, he got the softball tossed on COVID? He got the softball tossed on his tax plan. These are things he's talked about. Complete whiff. Nothing but happy talk. What you see there, ladies and gentlemen, is another tell. Okay. If they thought Trump was losing, right, if they thought Trump was losing, they'd want to have a debate every day. When they say firebombing and all this, they, they don't want senile Joe Biden up on the stage. President Trump needs to double and triple down. also want to uh, thank um, uh, Madeline Peltz and the team over at uh, Media Matters. She's already on top of things. Um, her, her colleague, Jason, I guess, has taken off the case. She's out. She's actually tweeting out very perceptive very perceptive analysis of our show. I want to thank her for that. You're in war room pandemic, the granddaddy of them all. We, take, we took the pandemic from the very beginning because we knew it was a world historical event. Here's what's happened. The uh, Democratic left and the mainstream media, they have traumatized the low information voters of the Democratic Party, right? And now they don't want to go vote. They want to stay, you know, and you can see Biden last night. Biden wants to keep it locked up forever. There's no idea or concept of second or third order magnitude uh, impacts of this. And so now they don't have any voters. And they're in panic mode. We're actually pulling Nancy Pelosi. She was on, you had Meek on Morning Joe as the co-host. John Hallman was on there with a very perceptive analysis of what's going on. And you had Nancy Pelosi, as Jack Maxey brought up last segment. Nancy Pelosi, now they've hit the panic button. They understand that game day is game day, right? And on the evening of game day, Donald Trump is going to be winning and winning big, and they're now in panic mode. Michael Bloomberg's $100 million. Uh, it was at Hawkfish's 
a fifth scenario of, of, of Trump being up by 404 electoral votes, but still losing to Biden by Thanksgiving when they count all the, the vote by pound, the cash for ballots that Veritas has been showing you. This is episode 412. We have over 15 million podcast downloads. We're in Mandarin uh, throughout the world, thanks to Genius and GTV, have helped make this a global show. I want to thank the audience in Australia. We understand that we're a little focused now on what's happening here in the United States, but this affects everybody. You can see last night, one of the things I wanted President Trump to do, I thought he should, could do better, is hammer China and hammer China through Hunter Biden and the kind of uh, the corrupt Biden family who's grabbing cash with both hands. You're in rolling pandemic. It is uh, Tuesday, the 30th of September, just about uh, one month until uh, until game day, and now they totally uh, panic. We've got uh, Real America's Voice out of Denver. I want to thank uh, everybody. Dish Channel 219, Comcast and Chicago Channel 113, Newsmax TV, and of course the John Fredericks Radio Network. So guys, tell me what the hash tell me what hashtag war and pandemic and what the live stream is. The reason this show means anything and everybody watches it right is the is the audience we have the most powerful and important audience in all media that is the deplorables and lao Beijing. we've combined working class people middle class people throughout the world expatriate chinese throughout the world right and also those people in mainland that yearn to breathe the air of freedom uh this lesson in democracy we've got is what president reagan said uh freedom's only one generation away from being lost. And now we're in the fight of our life for this American Republic. Uh, and it's a great lesson for our Chinese colleagues, our Chinese brother, brother, our Chinese brothers and sisters who are trying to become free from the Chinese Communist Party. Hey, even when you get even when you break the Chinese Communist Party, trust me, every day is going to be a struggle. Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam, Give me some perspective. Give me some. Uh, Raheem made a very interesting comment. You know, I had three Red Bulls last night. I'm not supposed to do that. I haven't had a Red Bull in months. It's part of the weight loss. But I was doing a very special program, surrounded in hostile enemy territory. Right? I need to be jacked up. I hadn't eaten all day, so I, I drank three Red Bulls. So it was tough getting to sleep last night. But Raheem, I can't believe I, I can't. It was three large ones. I think 16 ounces. No, but. I can't believe you said he needed energy. I was so jacked up last night and then this morning. President Trump needs, you know, Jack calls it a mastiff on the chain. I want to come off the chain now. Yeah. Joe Biden is prepared physically, mentally, as far as composure, to be commander-in-chief. He's not prepared to be the chief executive of the United States. Donald Trump has to drive that. You're not going to win the Karen vote in the suburbs. Mika, 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 Mika shows you what that's about every day, right? You're not going to win that. It's ephemeral. You've got to stop chasing it. Go where votes are. You've got a huge base, and that base can evangelize other people and bring them in. You have a massive potential base in the Hispanic, in the Hispanic community. Look at the Telemundo poll. And I've got every guy on the left this morning is coming saying it's not really a poll. It's the, the Twitter, please. You know, Newsweek magazine's got a big story, and the left's melting down. 64 to 34, or 66 to 34, I think it was, Hispanics and Latinos thought Trump won. Why? You heard it from Jack Maxey a month ago. They like strong leaders, okay? They think Biden's a wimp. They don't think Biden stands for anything. They don't think Biden means anything. They don't think Biden's going to do anything. You know why? Because they're correct. 
They've seen Biden before. They've seen Joe Biden's all their lives, right? And they know those guys don't deliver. It's all happy talk. And now it's senile happy talk. Last night was an embarrassment. If Chris Wallace hadn't been the debate partner, but I think it's positive. Remember, they needed Wallace in there to debate. Otherwise, Biden would have melted down in the first 45 minutes. And the tell was immediately Mika, Joe, Wolf Blitzer, Jay Tapper. There shouldn't be any more debates. We've heard enough from Trump. You know what they heard from Trump? Punches landing. That's what they heard from Trump. And they understand Joe Biden can't take a punch. He's got a glass jaw and a brick brain. Back to you guys. Very hard. Very hard to follow that. I want to go back to um, Mika for a second because we learned we learned three things from that clip that we opened with, and and I really, I actually really, really want to play that again at some point in the show. It was so delightful. Number one, we learned that Mika doesn't know what the word obsequious means. Number two, we learned that she is having a full and total meltdown right now, and you know it's very curious that they're going into this tailspin when you had Chris Wallace up on that stage effectively on their side. So even in a two versus one scenario, they're not happy with the way it went. Why? Because they're not happy with their candidate. And number three, the big tell that Steve uh, Steve mentioned in the uh, in the first part of the show, no more debates. She said, I don't want them getting up. There. He, uh, Biden shouldn't get up. She said the word fool. Get up with this fool again on stage and uh, and debate again. They don't want Biden on another stage, whereas the Trump supporters, the they, Trump they, base, they, they do. Uh, guys, they don't want him up on the stage. Yeah. Hang, hang on one second, Jack. Let me just slip some in here. I got to make point now. I want you to come in. Uh, this is. I'm gonna give you signal and not noise. Mika said something very important. What this? What they're talking about about criticism of Wallace? is they want to kill switch on the mic. They want to kill switch on the mic. This is what they saw their chat last night. They want the ability to hit a kill switch and cut Trump off. Mm -hmm. Just like, ladies and gentlemen, they want to kill switch on social media on the evening of November 3rd, okay? They don't want Donald J. Trump walking into the Oval Office like FDR, Ronald Reagan, and Jack Kennedy and sitting there addressing the nation after he's tweeted out at 11 o'clock at night, hey, last time I looked, I'm winning in Ohio, in Florida, in Pennsylvania. Guess what? I am president of the United States, and we're going to go very quickly, right, to wrap this thing up. They want to kill switch. They don't want Donald Trump's voice. And you know why they don't want Donald Trump's voice? Because Donald Trump's voice is your voice. They don't want, they want to cut the deplorables off. They want to kill switch on the deplorables. I want everybody in this audience to embrace this basic fact. They don't want to hear you. They fear your power. And what they argued last night is that they should have had a kill switch on his microphone because they want Twitter and Facebook, right, and the social media platforms to have a kill switch on him on November 3rd so he can't herald his victory. The most important thing last night is when I think they went to the panel, one of the most important things, not the most, one of the most important things, when they went to the panels, who was heading up the panel was the leading voice in the Fox panel, I think it was Donna Brazil, right? Remember, it was the Transition Integrity Project and Raheem Kassam's special target 
was it uh, is it uh, Gilman uh, the, the Niels uh, Gilman mm-hmm. Gilman who said in the Vox interview in the buried lead of the Vox interview the three most important people on the evening of November third is not Donald Trump or Mike Pence right it is uh, Lachlan Murdoch Rupert Murdoch and Zuckerberg ladies and gentlemen the signal last night is their panic that if they don't have a kill switch on Trump, he wins. The sound they didn't like last night was gloves hitting Biden relentlessly, okay? Pounding him, pounding him, pounding him, and they need a kill switch. Only you in this audience are going to prevent that. Donald Trump can't prevent that. You can prevent that. Raheem, Jack, Jack, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No worries, Steve. I got some breaking news. Apparently, Doug Collins must be listening to the show. He has just released a letter he wrote not a half hour ago to Director Ray of the FBI. Dear Director Ray, throughout your tenure as Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you have proven unwilling or unable to bring accountability to the upper echelon of the FBI. I am sure you are aware of the recent revelation that the FBI had knowledge that the Russian collusion hoax was a creation of the Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. In your refusal to act on this knowledge, you are complicit. I urge you to do the right thing for this country and resign. Sincerely, Doug Collins, member of Congress. I tell you, it's coming. It's coming. Raheem, observations. Tell me what the hashtag war and pandemic, what the live live chat's talking about. I'll tell you, um, Steve, we, I really do want to play this other Mika supercut when we come back from the break. If uh, if producer Vish could uh, stop powdering his nose or whatever he's doing there and, and, and check his phone. He's got that. Uh, he's got the clip. We definitely need to get that up before uh, before the next producer, segment. Producer Vish is having a mimosa and <laughs> order a second eggs better. Producer Vish has been working 20 hours together. I got to give Vish a shout out. It's been it's been tough to be body man security and producer of the show. I also want to get the Jack Maxi fine, which is we got to get Pelosi in the next segment. Listen, folks, they're listening to the show. They understand you're in power. They understand you're on a roll. They understand that you are driving Donald J. Trump yep. to his second term in office. Yep. And as they've said, they think that's terminal for the country. Here's what they know: it's terminal to the progressive left. It's terminal to the anarchists. He called out Joe Biden last night. You can't even say law and order. Biden wouldn't even say it. You can't name one law enforcement or police union that has endorsed you. Biden couldn't do it. Now, I don't Steve, know if that's caused go the senility. We gotta go to break. Hate to cut him off, but gotta pay some bills. Be right back. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The is a little higher. Did you get a lot of sleep last night? Well, I, yeah, uh, well, I got woken up. But I, I, um, I was. Well, you know, just, well, I, I, Donald wanted me to see the CPAC speech. I was skeptical, but I pulled it up on the internet. Yeah. 
was pretty good. Pretty good. And, pretty and good. Fun, right? Joining us on the phone right now, Donald Trump. Good morning, Donald. Mika, what do you mean pretty good? You know you loved it. <laughs> wow. Trump, you're naughty. Like, who would you pay more here, Donald? Just curious. With you and Joe, I'd absolutely pay you more. Oh, my God. Right. I would pay you much more, Joe. Right. I would pay Mika so much more, your head would spin. <laughs> Donald, do you have a TV? Are you watching us right now? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, I always so watch you, only because of you. <laughs> okay, wow. so, wow. Um... <laughs> so this is this is obsequious Mika who called Donald Trump a fool. Uh, I guess he wasn't much of a fool when she was flirting with him back in the day. Steve, what changed? Real America's voice of national. I don't know who made that, but she's so flirty with uh, with uh, with then candidate Trump, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. How that relationship. How that relationship went the wrong way. That's what happens when you go down to Mar-a-Lago and bleed on those nice rugs. Oh, right? She thought she could be first lady. Yeah, no. Um, boy, Mika's really flipped. And I tell you, she's become not just a hater. She's really actually a good proxy for the for the madness. If we got the Nancy Pelosi, I do want to play it. Remember, you heard John Hallman on Morning Joe. You've seen them all. And I think Frank Luntz's... Uh, focus group last night said a bunch of people said, "Hey, we're not voting." Hey, if you don't want to vote, that's fine. The deplorables want to vote. The Trump people are anxious to vote. They're going to go out and stand in line and vote on the way we voted for a couple of hundred years, election day, game day. Okay, and guess what? He's going to win on game day. He's a game day player. He's going to win on game day, and that's what they're in full meltdown about. So for the Frank Luntz, uh group that just sat there and go, you know, I can't do it. I don't want to vote. Hey, don't vote. Don't vote. It's uh, don't vote. If you don't want to vote, if it's too tough, you know, I, we have a saying in the war room, no whining and no tears. Last night on the Frank Luntz thing, it was whining. So if you're not going to vote, don't vote. That's fine, right? People in, that crossed the beach at Normandy and at Guadalcanal and Valley Forge, right? They all fought for the right to vote. If you don't want to vote, it's a democracy. You don't have to. But I got to tell you, the Democrats ought to understand this. The Trump supporters are going to vote, and they're going to bring their friends, their family, their colleagues, everybody they can to vote on game day. And that, pregnant, you can have 800 lawyers under Eric Holder. You can have 8,000 lawyers under Eric Holder, right? You got Antifa from Black Lives Matter. You better bring a lot more than that, right? You got Twitter, and you got Facebook. You got all the social media. Miles Grove said, hey, number one weapon of the CCP, social media. You got all that because you want to have your kill switch. Guess what? Bring it. Here's what we got. Donald J. Trump in all his glorious imperfection, right? He is glorious in his imperfection. And I love Jack Maxey's. He was a mastiff on a, on a chain last night. Hashtag war pandemic. The live streaming, the most powerful audience in the world. Let us hear what you're thinking. Tell us what you're doing. Jackie got a couple of great quotes. Uh, I, I, had, a, I had a great one. We just got to let this one rip. Margaret, we love you. She writes, I was married to a guy like Trump, an emotional bully, wounded spirit, very defensive. Salesman, the best. Fisherman, the best. Love to win. 
These are men to ride the river with. Boom. Kaboom. That's what we're talking about, Raheem. Observations, commentary, analysis from National Pulse. Well, no, just before we go to... um... The Nancy Pelosi clip, I believe, we have teed up as well. I want to bring in some of the comments from the live stream. Also, we really appreciate people in the YouTube live stream. Make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, that you're liking and sharing whenever we go live. You can retweet the Periscope. You can post it to Parler. Get more people engaged in the show. Hey, whether they're going to like it, whether you think they're going to hate it, let's get them involved. Let's see what they have to say. And here's what a couple of you have had to say over the course of the last hour or so here. Uh, Number one, I'm just pulling some of these out random by the way these aren't necessarily the best or the worst or whatever number one jason miller will make good use of the material last night it's good to see that jason still got some fans here in the war room uh another one trump neutralized wallace and biden in a brutal and effective manner uh, that's a, that's a comment that keeps coming through. Lots of people uh, who think that Trump actually managed to handle both of those people last night pretty effectively. Number three, Trump should have done way better in the debate. Should have destroyed Biden and even the moderator for some of those questions. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of counterpoint there. Another one said, "I knew they would go after Trump as a bully when they in- themselves engage in the elder abuse that is Joe Biden." Uh, Democrats always attack for what they actually do. And here's my favorite one, Steve, and it's the most accurate one uh, in the uh, in the Twitter uh, live stream right now. Raheem definitely has a martini being prepared for him at Morton's come noon. There's no doubt about that. Uh, victory Mar- Martini. Um, I'd like to go. Do we have the Nancy Pelosi clip? We have the Nancy Pelosi clip. Uh, teed up. Let's go. Let's go to the point of the master strategist of the Democratic Party. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Joe Biden, I am the Democratic Party. I mean, where's the heckles on that, right? I am the Democratic Party. They talk, they say about Trump's narcissism. What about Joe Biden, narcissistic in his senility? I am the Democratic Party. You're the Democratic Party, Joe, of, uh, of uh, the, the party of decline in Wilmington, Delaware, and in Wall Street, okay? I don't think you represent... The Bernie guys, the particularly the economic nationalists. And by the way, if you if the Bernie Bros didn't get a belly full last night of neoliberal neocon uh, Joe Biden, you're not paying attention, right? And see who coming out and defending Joe Biden. Somebody says a good arc of the other day. I think it might have been David Brooks that um, Joe Biden is the last stand of the establishment. This is the establishment that goes to this jam. Producer Vish, can we go to? Let's play Nancy Pelosi. I got to hear her lovely voice. You know, there are three stages. I don't have to tell you two elections, the period leading up. And that's the period in which we also have early voting. What happens on Election Day? And that's the cautionary uh, uh, warning that you are giving us. And then what happens after in the counting of the votes? Uh, The integrity of our elections must be maintained, Democratic or Republican. The result will be respected. Uh, But Republican and Democratic governors throughout the country. I don't know what real role that they have uh, unless we're talking about just stopping uh, the violence that the president is uh, trying to invoke. Uh, But I do know that he is intimidating people. And that is really an argument for people to vote by mail, vote early, vote by mail. Uh, Don't uh, be intimidated by going to the polling places and see people who look like ICE agents or law enforcement, something that might, who might follow you home to see, you know, if you have a mixed status home or something like that. First off, if you're an illegal alien or afraid of an ICE agent, you shouldn't be voting, Nancy. 
You're not supposed to be able to vote. This is the this is this is a classic. You know, they're voting by the pound, right? They're going to be voting by. No, Nancy. Why would a citizen be concerned of an ice agent? A citizen, only citizens can write this down, Nancy. Number two pencil. Only citizens can vote, right? This is the scam they're running, right? You shouldn't intimidate. You shouldn't. You the Latino and Hispanic community shouldn't be and will not be intimidated. Quite frankly, Nancy, we want a big turnout of Hispanic and Latinos. Look at last night on the uh, on the poll on the Telemundo poll that Newsweek magazine's got the article on. Sixty-six percent of Hispanics and Latinos think Trump won. Why? They want a strong man. So they're citizens. They should definitely go and vote. We want them to vote. They're going to vote on game day. This whole thing about you've got uh, you've got intimidation, you've got all that is uh, is uh, is because if you're not a citizen, you shouldn't be going to a poll, right? This whole thing, got to remember, Nancy and the Democrats, is President Trump has dialed down to talks about violence. He's the one that wants to solve the violence of Antifa and Black Lives Matter out in places like Portland and uh, in Seattle. He's he's the one that wants to calm that down. He wants to send the National Guard and calm it down. Joe Biden couldn't even say it last night. He says it's an idea, right? It's not an organization. It's an idea. So just remember, the Democrats have to understand every vote that's not in a booth, not in the traditional order of vote, is going to be contested. It should be contested. You got to check all. You got to check the envelopes. You got to check the addresses. Got to check the signatures. Got to check everything, and they're all going to be contested. The Democratic primaries. It's in Brooklyn that thirty percent of your own votes were uncertifiable, right? Uncertifiable. I think twenty percent in Manhattan. These are Democratic primaries run by guess what? By Democrats. Raheem, Jack, thoughts, observations. What's the war room telling us? You know what? I have a shout out for when Trump says that he's got law enforcement, he's got all of the first responders supporting him, and especially in Philadelphia, which we know is a hotbed of. Uh, Democrat voting irregularities, if you will. There's almost 5,000 of these guys in Philadelphia, firefighters, EMS. Why don't we get these guys across the country motivated to come and be poll watchers? Show up in your uniforms. It'd be great. A little patriotism. Motivate the base. We'd love to have you guys. Yeah, really uh, strange. We have a new Lincoln Project video that just dropped about the debate, uh, and they're going to the, the, they've got this secret debate tape revealed. They've got this parody video up on their Twitter account, and I don't know. Like people say, these guys are good at what they do. The Lincoln Project. I think it's terrible. It's basically a guy who opens a door to the debate prep. And then it cuts to like a lot of monkeys in the jungle just jumping around and stuff. I don't know what they're trying to say. Really strange and sad for the Lincoln Project get increasingly desperate for eyeballs. Remember, they've promised all those Democrat donors that they convince, can convince moderate Republicans to not vote for Trump. I don't think that's going to work. We'll be back. More war and pandemic in just a moment. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. About these great trade deals. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China's made perfected the art of the steel. We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. We have the highest deficit trade deficit China with ate Mexico. Your lunch, right, ate China, 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 China ate your lunch, Joe. And but, no wonder but, your son goes in and he takes out he takes out uh, billions of dollars 
takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why is Simply. it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve that. Wait, wait, 183000 dollars? None of that is question, true. Not an answer. If not, none of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't get three million? Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice, he got three and a half million dollars. It is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh. President? But, Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please, no, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the Vice totally President answer. Discredited. Did Burisma was a pay him one hundred eighty-three thousand a month with, with no experience in energy? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is a left wing. This is a left wing. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what okay. his it's an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on. Well, I mean, you heard it live. You heard it just there. The president's honing in on a specific theme, a specific narrative, a specific detail about Hunter Biden. And Joe isn't saying, oh, you know, let me explain to you, you know, about Rosemont Seneca and how that deal operated. He's saying it's 100% not true, 100% discredited. Now, that's not true, but we didn't get a fact check there from Chris Wallace. What we got is Chris Wallace saying, please, Mr. President, you've made your point, you've asked your question, now let Joe Biden duck it. If that was the other way around, Jack, I don't think you'd see the same thing. Well, of course not. I mean, we've watched this for decades now, the way the mainstream media defaults to the side of the left, but I think there's a buried lead inside both these clips because... The problem here in both of these cases, our FBI failed us, right? They failed us to give us the real information on what was going on with Hunter Biden in China and Burisma and everything else. All that stuff's been covered up over time, right? So, and then when you talk about China cleaning our clock and the counterespionage and all the things that go on, once again, again, it's always down to the FBI. They should be the arbiters of what is true and what is not true, and they are not awake at the stick, or they are in a complicit position where they are avoiding doing their jobs. And a big tell on this, when I knew we had a huge problem in this country, and anybody who has had any background in any kind of intelligence or anything associated with this, when you have the number two guy, Peter Strozik, remember this evil bad guy. The number two guy in counterespionage is shacking up with a lawyer in the FBI. That person should have been, had his security clearance removed instantaneously. Instead, he maintains his job. Instead, they protect him. This is a guy who's involved. He's created his own honey trap. He's created his own liability because of his own irresponsibility, 
And yet he's the number two guy in counterespionage. And now we find out that the Chinese consulate in New York is robbing us blind. Same thing in Houston. We've got uh, uh, Confucius uh, centers all around the country. We are having our faces torn off in the largest counterespionage operation in history. And Peter Strozik is playing footsie and catching a leg over behind the 7-Eleven with another attorney at the FBI while all this is happening. And all they're doing is trying to undermine President Trump. This is a big problem, and these two videos are a big tell concerning that same problem, in my opinion. Steve, you back with us? Yeah, I just want to head to step out, take a phone call. Um, <laughs> people are watching the show. Um, one thing I want to go back, and by the way, I thought that was brilliant, Jack. I want to bring up one observation about um, Joe Biden that I didn't get to. In President Trump being so aggressive, and as you know, I'm a big supporter of him being aggressive, I do think there's one thing that we should keep in mind. And I think if you go back and you really study, and you study the tapes from last night, and this is why the Democrats don't want any more, the, the, the media, the savvy people in the media don't want, they don't want Biden back up on stage with Trump, okay? They're going to come up with some excuse. You watch. Here's the reason. Biden, two or three sentences into things, forgets where he is. If you kind of let him go, and this is one of the things I think the president next time would be very strategic about how he cuts him off or how he inserts the, the comments. And the reason is, Biden doesn't know where he is. The two biggest examples are the thing about mask, the, the question with uh, Wallace about mask, and the question about his tax increases. In both situations, he totally forgot where he was, three or four sentences into it. Embrace this, Democrats. You've traumatized your base so they don't want to go and vote. And now you got Nancy Pelosi you know, telling illegal aliens, hey, don't be intimidated by ICE agents uh, down, at the, uh, down at the polling place. Don't be intimidated by ICE agents. You know, go, go home and get your illegal ballot and vote anyway. That's what she essentially just said, right? So they're going to be voting by the pound, non-citizens, right, On your ta about your tax dollars in your country. Okay, number one. Uh, number two is that he doesn't, you know, his, his, they traumatize the base and they have a guy that doesn't know who he is all the time. And this is, that's why they're freaked out. They're totally freaked out right now. And this is why they're going to come up with everything about President Trump to try to avoid having uh, Biden get back up on the stage with him. Or they're going to try to change the, uh, the requirements. They're going to say it's got to have a kill switch on the mic. They want a kill switch. They want a kill switch on Facebook. They want a kill switch on Twitter related to the president. They want a kill switch on his microphone. They want to kill switch. They want to stop the connectivity of his voice, right, to his his uh, his voters and his people. That's what they're trying to do. So this is, I think, one of the recommendations I would make is that you know just let Biden on certain occasions. Let's let Biden because he wanders around. He's, he doesn't have Jill up there. You know, she doesn't have the bib with the with the index card in the back to tell him what he's supposed to do. You know, he had notes last night. He was all totally confused about where he was. But I think the longer he gets into this, the more uh, confused he gets. And so, uh, guys, back to you. I know, Jack, you were on a roll. Always love, uh, I think, raised another disaster at the FBI. I think the FBI has been a total disaster. Um, and uh, uh, back to you guys. Yeah, I just want to make this clear as well for the people who didn't see it yesterday, Jack, the the development that occurred yesterday afternoon. And we we managed to like break into the show on the National Pulse in the afternoon when this letter came out. 
Uh, and I actually had Thomas Farnan. He's a, he's a lawyer that writes for us very often. He's just written this ebook called The Russia Lie, right? And it, and it walks through this whole thing. It's 40 pages, very, very short, uh, very cheap. It's just $5. People can get it at therussialie.com. But it walks through all of this stuff. And I'm not one of those people, actually. I, I haven't been totally, you know, in the weeds on this Russia stuff. The problem I've had is over the last four years, whether it was Louise Mensch or anybody you know, that had some Green Party member of the European Parliament, all these guys were accusing me of somehow being a Russian asset or a Russian agent. And when you're inside that thing, you tend to just turn your back on it and go, this is so many, they're just trying to distract me. They're just trying to bully me uh, along these lines, threaten uh, all sorts of things. I think Louise Mensch once claimed that Steve was going to be executed. I think she removed that tweet after a little bit of time. But uh, this letter that came out yesterday from John uh, from John Ratcliffe, uh, the director of national intelligence, uh, addressed to Lindsey Graham. I mean, it's extraordinary stuff. The smoking gun, as far as I'm concerned, Hillary Clinton cooked up the Russia, uh, the whole Russia scandal. John Brennan briefed the president of the United States. He knew. Barack Obama knew. Jack. Listen, this stuff is outrageous, and the fact that it's taken four years for it to even be revealed to the American people shows you the depth of the complicity inside these organizations like the CIA and the FBI at the upper echelons. My prayer is that there are solid, and I know there are some of them because I know them, solid Americans inside those organizations who are willing to turn on their leadership. Something has to be done. This You need to save the credibility of the FBI because the American people are losing faith in this as an organization and we need to have faith in our law enforcement. And one of the things that I find so appalling is when you have Christopher Ray saying that, that uh, Antifa is not an organized effort, these people are out there punching down, harming our people in blue around the country and for the FBI to stand aside and not do something to help those local law enforcement on the ground. No wonder most sheriffs don't want the FBI in their counties. Steve. Yeah, no, look, the the FBI, I thought the letter yesterday, of course, guys, how do you answer the thing that immediately they're saying, this is Russian disinformation and this is just another, uh, this is, this is another Rick Grinnell that's pushing, uh, that's pushing false narratives. Well, my attitude towards it would be very simple. We've heard your case uh, to the political establishment over the last four years. We've heard the Atlantic Council's case. Uh, we've heard the Hunter Biden case. We've heard all of it uh, over the last four years. Let's just hear this case out. Let's follow the evidence. Let's follow the trails. Let's have an investigation uh, of this. And let's see what the truth is. Because remember, we had a full investigation over Russia collusion. Uh, it cost the American public time. It cost the American civil life uh, uh, division. In everyday lives, people have lost friends, lost family members over the arguments that were stoked by the political establishment in what is turning out to be one of the worst and most heinous cover-ups of all time to protect Hillary Clinton, protect Hillary Clinton with her new podcast that's coming out, protect Hillary Clinton, who's on MSNBC commentating ahead of the uh, debate last night. Why is nobody asking Hillary Clinton these questions? So here's my response. It's very simple. You had your go. You lost. It's our turn. Okay, so, uh, you know, look, I think that that all ought to be investigated. I do think it a little bit to a degree, and I realize that this is tied to this the integrity, the transition integrity project. It's all of 
one thing, and I think people have done a pretty good job of tying that together. I think you, Raheem, and the National Pulse guys have done a, a terrific job. I just don't want to take our eye off of what is in front of us, and that is a massive voter turnout apparatus and campaign for November 3rd. I mean, we're in the middle of this fight now, and if, if we don't win it, you see who's going to be running things, the John Brennans of the world. That's exactly who's going to be running, because obviously uh, Biden is a cipher, right? You see the apparatus. You know, Biden said last night, and I'd like to ask Bishop, we can pull it up for the last segment, uh, about Joe Biden says, well, I don't have any legal. I, I would drop, I think he said I would drop the legal there towards the end when he has an 800-man war room headed up by Eric Holder, headed up by former solicitor generals, former U.S. attorneys, uh, Perkins Coy, the law firm. He's got a he's got a lawfare apparatus already set up, yet he's in full denial. So, yes, I think all these things, I thought that letter yesterday was shocking, uh, and particularly that Radcliffe, who's a very, uh, you know, he's a former, I think, U.S. attorney, very serious guy. For him to put that out on the, on the letterhead of DNI under his signature, I thought was pretty powerful. Back to you guys. You know, when they said, Steve, that Rich Grinnell is basically creating a false narrative, that letter of yesterday from the DNI proved everything that Richard Grinnell has been insinuating for the last several months because he had already seen most of this stuff. But because he's a patriot, unlike the left, he didn't release it to the Washington Post or the New York Times or some favored blogger. Well, we'll be back in just a moment. More War Room Pandemic. Want to hear from all of you guys in the live chat in the, uh, in the, on the hashtag War Room Pandemic. Gosh, it's nearly noon. Hope, uh, hope the guys at Morton's of that uh, martini glass chilled for me. We'll be over in just a second, guys. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Their policies, but uh, Hunter Biden, in many ways, is a weakness for the former vice president because of his work. He was a, I'll call it, I'll call it out, he's a swamp creature, like many people, uh, trading it in his family name to make money around the world. But the way the president, their policy. Yeah, he's more than a swamp creature. He's the access point to the crime family that is the Bidens are totally corrupt. Joe Biden's totally incompetent. By the way, we didn't get time, guys, to really go through the details. Biden talked about ending the filibuster. He refused to say whether he packed the court or not. I mean, there was a litany of things that he admitted to. Like, I keep the country totally locked down. Has no, no uh, really thought process to go through second and third order impacts uh, into this whole coronavirus, into the CCP virus. So... I thought last night for Joe Biden was a disaster. The Democrats know it's a disaster. They're scared to death that he gets three or four sentences into a response. He doesn't know where he is. President Trump pounded him last night. It, for everybody that listens to the war room, and even for the Democrats that are, that are Biden guys, you know, this is about participatory democracy. Get out and get engaged. For the, for the war room crowd and for the uh, deplorables, you know, not you push this content 24-7, you get you start working phone banks. You start doing get out the vote. Remember, the the Trump movement is still going to go vote on game day, and they're panicked on the Democratic side. You got Nancy Pelosi telling people they got to go out to vote on game day now. You've got uh, you know regardless of whether an ICE agent is going to be there, right, to, to to arrest you. So you know Nancy should not be pushing illegal aliens to vote. It's kind of not acceptable. But uh, you got uh, you've got Bloomberg putting a hundred million dollars into Florida. 
putting $16 million up for felons to pay their fines illegally so that they can go vote. The left is in a complete meltdown. Don't, don't, you see, they can't even hide with the media allies they've got. You got Wolf Blitzer saying no more debates. Joe Scarborough coming out saying no more debates. Mika in a complete tailspin. Uh, the New York Times is saying no more debates. They're complete meltdown. They understand that uh, Jack Maxey's point that he's a mastiff on a chain and they're afraid he's going to come unchained on Biden next time. Plenty of time to think about the next debate. The key is where Trump is. I think he's doing another rally today. Joe Biden hasn't done anything. President Trump was mocking his campaign last night, right, of not being able to draw anybody. Joe Biden's got to prove, I think, to the country he's got to step it up. You know, can he draw a crowd in Pennsylvania? Can he draw a crowd in Florida? Is he even going to campaign or is he going to go back to Wilmington and go into the basement with Joe yeah. and start doing the Proof of Life podcast? Guys, back to you. I just want to make note of a couple of things real quick. The market's up about 500 points this morning. For me, as I said yesterday on the show, uh, that implies that President Trump won last night, at least came out uh, the better of the two. Um, and then the other one is there are polls floating around Twitter. Of course, they're not scientific polls in the sense that the pollsters do, uh, but often the pollsters' science uh, is far more off. And the question is, who won the debate? Biden, Trump, neither, or unsure? And there was a whopping poll that asked 313,000 votes in this poll so far. And only 22% of all of that saying Joe Biden, 61.9% say Trump, 12.7% said neither, and 3.4% were unsure. That's a massive sample size, Twitter or not. That's huge. Uh, 313,000 respondents there, guys. Wow. I look, mean, I think people, Jack, jump, people, I think people look and see Joe Biden's just not up to the task. Right, Chris Wallace tries to basically Joe Biden, and this is why the Democrats are panicked. They understand they've done two things that have really blown them up. They traumatize their base, and they have a senile old man as their candidate. Those are two, in litigation, we refer to those as two bad facts. Jack Maxey, back to you. Yeah, I also think that people on the left, the mainstream media, everybody should get uh, Joe Biden to confirm whether he is for the Green New Deal or against the Green New Deal. Because if you go to JoeBiden.com backwards slash climate slash plan, Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges that we face. He also says that uh, as President Biden will lead the world to address the climate emergency and ensure that the U.S. achieves 100% clean energy economy and net zero emissions by 2050. So, Joe, last night you said you were not for the Green New Deal. Are you or are you not? I'm asking for Senator Sanders and uh, Congressman Ocasio-Cortez. They both want to know. Good point. Good point. I think... Um you know, a lot of people raising that uh, comment this morning on social media saying, hey, you know, he got up there. And, and you look at the CNN coverage right now. We walked through in the first hour some of the coverage you're seeing on the on the really far left websites. Nobody taking a victory lap over there. They don't even like Joe Biden, let alone they want to, do they want to go to bat for him. But they couldn't go to bat for him. And you look at the headlines on CNN right now. Of course, there's no fact check of, of, of Joe Biden. Um, in that sense, and, and, and taking him to task over uh, actively just lying on that stage. But the headline is a stark choice after the worst debate ever. 
I don't know if it was the worst debate ever. It was. It was a. It was a debate. You, you know, look at you look at the f fractious nature of. The, you the honestly, you honestly, well, if Joe Biden had won and Joe Biden had shown the nation he's prepared to be commander in chief, do you think that would be the headline? Is Biden swamps Trump? They don't want any more of this. No mas, no mas, right? Donald Trump's got to continue to pound. Don't listen to Chris Christie. Chris Christie goes on TV and criticizes you about how you didn't follow what he said. Chris Christie should be bounced, okay? He should be listening to Jason Miller and Rudy and the people that know what they're talking about, okay? Not the Chris Christie's of the world. That's just going to lead to more mumbo-jumbo in defeat. You should, President Trump should hammer, hammer, hammer every day. And make people understand, which is going to be pretty clear, that Joe Biden's just not up to the task. Raheem, what's happening on National Pulse today? That's a good question. Uh, we're in the, still, still in show planning. The one big story that we're pulling out right now this morning is the move of the Facebook general counsel to the Biden transition team. So we'll be getting into that on the show later on today, just as Zuckerberg announces that he's not going to allow the president uh, to, to make an election night victory call. He's going to silence and suppress uh, the words of his supporters across Facebook. So we'll be getting into that and more um, over at the National Pulse at 3 p.m. Here on Real America's Voice, we want to say congratulations to Carrie Sheffield, whose show launched today just an hour before ours here on the Real America's Voice Network. Make sure you're checking it out on Pluto, on Roku, Comcast in Chicago, the Dish Network, uh, just so many new shows launching, and uh, and the team is doing just such an amazing job. Did such an amazing job of live debate coverage last night with uh, Amanda Head and Eric Greitens and myself. Had Nigel Farage on uh, as the as the first and the exclusive commentary. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for War Room Pandemic.